You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and a welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with an streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com, and, of course, I will answer as many as I can. So, you know, the weather, I don't know. It was okay yesterday, 51. Not bad for Detroit. Of course, my son said it was 80 where he was in Miami. It was raining, you know, the snow is gone, uh, but the snow is coming back. So I'm not sure where you live, but here in Detroit, by the time we finish our shows today and start heading home, it may be a little snowy. Temperatures are dropping, so everyone drive safe, everyone be careful, and uh, take it slow, and we'll all get exactly where we have to get to. Once we're talking about where we have to get to, you know, it's Thursday, and Thursday means that the weekend, or for us, Shabbos, is right around the corner. And this is the week we can spend some extra time talking about Shabbos, talking about the Sabbath, because that's how the Torah portion opens up. You know, we should sort of do like an overview, look at what's going on in the second half of Exodus, of the book of Exodus, the book of Shemos. You have, okay, we know the beginning, Jewish people are slaves, then the, the ten plagues, we leave Egypt, and then we have the Red Sea, and then we get the Torah, and then we get into these four or five Torah portions that discuss the tabernacle. We have Truma and Tetzaveh, the tabernacle itself, the clothes for the Kohanim, for the priests. Then we have like a sort of in-between where again, there's some talk, Bitzal is put in charge of the construction, and then we talk about the golden calf, because that's happening. The golden calf takes place 39 days after Moses goes up to get the rest of the details of the Torah. Moses comes down, he sees them serving the golden calf, he breaks the tablets. But in the meanwhile, Moses already got the instructions of the tabernacle, because even if the original plan was that God was gonna, God's presence would be in all of us, we lost that opportunity because of the golden calf. So we need this tabernacle, this like miniature temple, this portable, movable temple, for God's presence to rest while we traveled in the desert. And the truth is, it was also in use. At the um, at least the first couple hundred years when we were in the land of Israel, it was a little more permanent. It was a place called Shiloh. But overall, um, the tabernacle was meant to be temporary, and it was set up where God's presence would rest. So it was almost you can look at it that God already made the preparations that if we wouldn't be deserving of God's presence, which we weren't because of the golden calf. So there was already something in the works, so to say, that 
that God's presence would still be able to exist amongst the Jewish people, and that would be through the tabernacle. Now, all of a sudden, we get to the beginning of this week's Torah portion, the Torah portion of called Vayakel, which means to gather. So this, the Jewish people are gathered. Now, a lot of times, the, the Jewish people had to learn the Torah. They're going to have to come and come to the, to the study hall, and Moses is going to explain it to them. But specifically by this command, it talks about that Moses gathers the entire Jewish people to talk about what? To talk about the Sabbath. And then immediately afterwards, he gets into the, the donations that are going to be coming through um, for the tabernacle. So it's just interesting that why here, almost in the middle of nowhere, we're starting to talk about the Sabbath, and not for a lot, just a couple verses, and, and it had to be done with the Jewish people gathered. So there's like a double question over here. What do we need this gathering for, and why is here the place? So let's take this question. We're going to put this question on the side. And as we talk about what the Sabbath is all about, what the temple is all about, what the tabernacle is all about, that will help us understand why there was a gathering, why the Sabbath is mentioned over here. So we'll sort of be able to tie it all up with a nice ribbon and bow. Okay, so first of all, we need to understand what is the Sabbath. So we got to back up. All right, the world was created in six days, and on the seventh day, God—I don't want to say rested, but the the creation was done. God finished creating the world. Now He creates this thing called Shabbos, this thing called rest. When we keep the Sabbath, we are showing that we believe that God created the world. So first things first, the whole one of. The points of the Sabbath is it's a testimony. We are sort of like witness. I guess we want to use that word. We are testifying that God created the world in six days, and on the seventh day, he stopped the creation. That was it. The Sabbath itself was really, I mean, you would think it could be for everybody, right? But God gives it to the Jewish people because it is a bond between God and the Jewish people. Okay, so that's, that gives us the first overview that we have to see what's going on. So that's, that's, I'm not even discussing what we do on Sabbath and how we celebrate the Sabbath and the enjoyment of Sabbath. We're not even, we're not even ready to go there yet. The commentaries explain that the connection, why, the, why Sabbath is said first, and then we start talking about the building of the tabernacle, is fascinating enough two important things. Number one, you cannot build the tabernacle on Sabbath. And it was as important, which we already mentioned, right, quickly, but I guess we'll just delve into a little bit. The tabernacle is so important, this is the only way the Jewish people can have God's presence amongst them in the middle of them, because we sort of surrounded the tabernacle. You have the tabernacle in the center, then you have the Levites as sort of the honor guard surrounding the tabernacle, and then the Jewish people camp around um, the Levites. You have three tribes on each side, almost like an army or like an army marching. So the, the tabernacle's purpose is so we have a place for God to be right here, right with us. We want to bring a sacrifice. We want to pray. God is right here. 
So you can imagine that in the in the hierarchy, that this is pretty important for the Jewish people that we have God's presence here. This is massively important. Not only that, in last week's Torah portion, when Moses prays to God to not destroy the Jewish people because of the golden calf, and God says, okay, so Moses asks, like a, it's an opportune time to ask for extra stuff. And one of the extra things that Moses asks for is that God's presence should stay with the Jewish people. And as God tells Moses, my angel will lead you into the land of Israel, Moses says, no deal. We, God, we need you. We want you to lead the Jewish people. So the idea of God's presence being right here was an integral part of what Moses wanted and what we needed. And that can only be done with a tabernacle being built. So if the tabernacle is God's presence being here, this is massively important. And still, you can't build the tabernacle on the Sabbath. We also, we're going to get back to this. We also happen to learn from here, what can't you do on Sabbath? Like, you can't work. What does work mean? Right? I'm a teacher, so is, I can't teach. Is that work? Right? Uh, I'm a, I don't know, maybe I build rocket ships. Maybe I like to, I have hobbies. Is a hobby work? Maybe I like to do carpentry. It, it relaxes me. Maybe I'm a musician, and when I play piano, people enjoy it. Is that work? What's work? So the simplest answer is we say creative work, but there's a lot of caveats on that, and I don't want to get into all the rules and regulations. We would be here for a very, very long time. But the first thing we need to know is anything that was necessary to be done to build the tabernacle automatically qualifies as work. So, for example, there's a, you, you basically have just a few simple groups. We needed the coloring, the dyes for the wool, right? So a dye is a plant, right? So you got to prepare the land and plant the seeds and take care of the plants and water the plants and grow the plants and harvest the plants, start crushing up the plants to make the dyes. All those are considered work. There was... The bread, the showbreads, the matzah, the lechem apanim, anything in the process of making those breads was necessary. We have the wooden beams. Anything in the process of creating a wooden beam, building, demolishing, we had to have, we had to write things to know which beam went where. So now you have the concept of writing. Um, you needed certain leathers. So anything in the trapping and skinning and and preparing the leathers, all that goes into building a tabernacle. Now, without, this is, again, a little off topic just for, just for a few seconds, um, but we have modern technology today. I mean, okay, I have my iPad in front of me. How hard is it to, to type a few letters, right? What is it to turn on a screen? What is it to turn on a phone? That's not work, right? We'll, and we're going to get to that. But we, there were great rabbis over the last hundred years their job, so to speak, was to go ahead and figure out if if modern to how modern technology fits in to the rules and the regulations of Shabbos. Okay, but now I just wanted to I just wanted to bring that point that one of the connections between Shabbos and the Tabernacle and the Mishkan is whatever you needed to do to create 
the tabernacle, those are things that you can't do on the Sabbath. Okay, fine. But let's go back. So so we asked, I asked, you should have asked, but we want to know um, why can't I build the tabernacle on the Shabbos? I understand anything involved in the tabernacle, therefore it teaches me you can't do it on Shabbos. Very beautiful. And by the way, you know, I, I think a tabernacle like connects to a synagogue, to a, to a shul, right? To a, to a temple, right? In other words, they're serving the same purpose. So it's going to be important to, to make that connection. In other words, if the purpose of the Mishkan, of the, of the tabernacle, is where God rested his presence, and that would be the, the place where you would go to pray, so the closest we have to compare to that is our own synagogues, our own shuls, our own temples. That's where we go to pray, right? So the importance of a tabernacle should be equivalent to the importance of a synagogue, of a sanctuary, of a place where we pray to God. And still, and still, the Torah is telling us you cannot build, create this building, even though prayer is very important, but you can't do it on the Sabbath. Why not? So I saw very, very interesting. It says, if you think about it, it's like this. First, you have to know that if the tabernacle was a temporary place for God's resting place, then the base of Mikdash, the temple, was obviously the permanent location. And it didn't last. 400 years the first one, 410 the first one, 420 the second one. Even that was really temporary, even though we need the temple to serve God, but it was temporary. So if it didn't last forever, as important as it may be, for the Jewish people, for me, but it must be that I don't really need it. I mean, it's nice to have. It's amazing to have. It's beautiful to have. That's the the ultimate way. But if most of our history so far has been without one, then that means that that's not, I don't want to say the main way, but that's not the only way to serve God. So therefore, it's going to have to be that if I need another way to connect with God, it'll have to be through Shabbos. So I connect to God through a place to play to pray, a place to pray, or and I can connect to God through serving God on Shabbos. So now if we think about it, what do these two things, what does tabernacle and Shabbos represent? So tabernacle or temple or synagogue or shul represent place or space. Right? It's a holiness represented by space. Well, Shabbos represents a holiness through time. Okay, so time is created by God. Right? Time, the whole concept that time exists, that is something that God created for us. That's time. I serve God using time. I mean, it's true, God created space also. But that's something that man can put his finger on. I can build a synagogue, I can build a shul, I can build a sanctuary, I can build a temple, I can build a tabernacle. So that's man has a connection. Its space is fashioned by man, okay, and sanctified by God putting his presence there. So we have time and place. So which one is more important, right? That's what we got to think about, time and place. What do I need more? So the fact of the matter is, that it might be nice to have a place to pray 
But time is more important. The ta- how I use my time to serve God, taking away from my time. Right? We're all busy. We don't have time for anything. We're busy working. We're busy running. We're busy doing stuff. Now I take that time and I sanctify it. That is much more powerful. Right? We talk a lot how I'll give some of my time to my children. When I give time to my children, I'll play games with my children. Somebody just taught me about a new game today. Got to go check it out. When I spend time with my children, I show them how valuable they are. Buying them stuff they like, but everybody should know that if you want to show your children you care, you give them time. Okay. Buying them a house is beautiful. Buying them toys and stuff is nice. But everyone can agree that, that giving them time is the most priceless. Okay, so why should it be no different with God? I could build you a beautiful edifice. It's true. And then I could be busy. Or I can give my time to God. Giving time to God should be obviously more valuable than space. And by the way, even though good news, um, I just got a message on my phone that Wayne County, which is not Oakland County, but we're getting better, um, no masks for children, I believe, starting, I don't think they said March 1st. I think it's immediate. I think kids in school in Wayne County, that's Detroit, um, no longer need masks. That's amazing because, okay, we don't like to get political. That's the problem. You talk about corona, it becomes political, but they're, they're letting everybody stop wearing masks except the kids in school. And those are the people that need the masks the least. But it's easier to get children to listen than adults to listen because the adults will uh, fight with you and the children will not fight with you. So uh, you still have your power base. But hopefully, hopefully we'll get it out of the schools. They won't have it in other places. Go right ahead. But let the children learn. But okay, that's another story. But that wasn't my point. My point was we, we, we had corona, right? So you still had the Sabbath. You just couldn't go to synagogue to pray. So we could survive our religiosity without the synagogue, without the temple. I'm sure the, their memberships are way down because people could Zoom. They don't need it anymore. But you can't have the religion without Shabbos. So God set it up. You know, space is nice, but time is more important. Now, um, that really gets us back to answer. Okay, I got a couple good stories over here. I want to get into them. That answers our first question. Why was it necessary to gather the Jewish people to tell them about the Shabbos for exactly everything we've been discussing? As important as an edifice may be, as important as a tabernacle may be, it is not as important as the Sabbath because the tabernacle is a physical building. It's beautiful, it's nice, it's wonderful, but it's not as important as giving your time to God. It's not as important. You know, it's it's um, it's interesting. The Chavetz Chaim um, would explain Shabbos or being Jewish in the following way. And not nowadays. Nowadays, you go to an office building to go to a doctor's office. But I grew up, um, at least um, in high school, um, I lived in the city. I lived in uh, Queens. I went to school in Queens. You go to school in Brooklyn. If you're in any real city, so you had these, you know, three three floor houses. And the bottom floor, a lot of times, you would have a shingle outside the door. And that shingle said that uh, Dr. So-and-so, 
This is so-and-so's office. This is Dr. So-and-so's office. That was something that was pretty standard. So what if the Chavetz Chaim says, what if there's rumors that the doctor's going out of business, the doctor's moving out of town, the doctor's not going to have his practice anymore? Um, Rumors. So as long as the shingle, as long as the signpost is outside the door, that this is Dr. So-and-so's office, it doesn't matter what the rumors say. But as soon as the sign comes down, now you know the doctor is done. So it's almost like the sign is the identification that the doctor is in. So the Torah calls the Shabbos an os, a sign, on the Jewish people. As no matter what we do, we're as religious as we should be, we don't do what we're supposed to do, we keep the Torah, we don't keep the Torah, as long as we still have a connection to Shabbos, then the sign is still there, we're Jewish. If that sign comes down, we're done with Shabbos, then the sign comes down about who and what we are as far as being Jewish. Okay, so there's so many beautiful stories about the Shabbos. I'm going to tell you, I'll say what I can get through. But here's, I wrote down two. So Shabbos is the blessing to the Jewish people for the whole week, right? I, I, I I keep the Shabbos and God sends down his blessing and it just changes who and what we are. So this story takes place um, in Jerusalem, oh, at least a hundred and change years ago. And if you've ever been the old city, not the old city, but outside the old city in Jerusalem, they have like these courtyards. You have like a bunch of buildings built around the courtyard and uh, you have two or three floors and everybody lives on top of everybody else. So it was a family. The husband would come home late Friday afternoon. He'd walk into his house, and his wife really was not managing. She wasn't managing. She, she, um, the kids maybe didn't have their baths yet, or they were half dressed, and the floor wasn't swept, and the food was half cooking, and uh, the house was just flying. And this husband was frustrated that he would come home, and it's almost time for Shabbos, and his wife is not ready. And the problem is, once it's Shabbos, you gotta be ready. It's too late. There's nothing you can do. And it caused a lot of friction. So there was a, a rabbi that lived in the neighborhood, and he saw this friction. And he saw this friction going on between this husband and wife, and he was, he was trying to figure out what he could do to help them out. So he decided to do the following. The next Friday afternoon, when it's getting pretty close to the Sabbath, um, he puts on his robe, goes out on his porch, and takes out a cigar. I am not suggesting people should smoke cigars. That's not what I'm looking for. It's an old story. They used to smoke cigars. The husband comes home, and it's almost like, you know, the same play every week. He's ready to give it to his wife for not being ready. But as he's walking, you know, into his apartment, he sees the rabbi is smoking a cigar in his robe. He says, hey, if the rabbi can be in his robe smoking a cigar, there's obviously some time before the Sabbath. So what do you think happens? He goes into his house. He picks up the broom and says, oh, you know what? I see we have a few more minutes. Let me help. Can you imagine? No more bickering, no more fighting, no more screaming, no more no more pointing fingers. He did what he's supposed to do. He helped. And 
then the wife was able to take care of everything. She needed the extra pair of hands. She had the extra pair of hands. Everything was ready. Everyone went into Shabbos in a very calm mood. You can only imagine how beautiful that Friday night was. So the rabbi saw what happened. What do you think he did the next week? Again, it's close to Shabbos. It's not Shabbos yet. It's close. Puts on his robe. Takes out his cigar. And he starts to smoke. Husband comes home. Says, oh, it's not so late. Not so late. Let me take the broom. Let me help with the kids. Let me get this one dressed. Maybe give this one a bath. He he took the time that the family needed. And the Shabbos was beautiful, restful, peaceful. And, of course, the music is playing. And I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you, of course, to all our wonderful sponsor listeners. You know, I can't do it without you. Thank you, thank you to our wonderful production team. We had David Sisko and Andy in the back. I hope I've left you some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Toro on NRM Streamcast. Till next time, don't forget to think about it.